We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes Podcast. This episode one one one. One cubed. One cubed. One to the power of three. No, one cubed is just one, Matt. This would be episode one if it was one. Yeah, but cubed. you know what I mean. Like one, it's, it's three ones one in a row. Cu- no, I know what you mean, and one. I know that you're wrong. One times one times you one know, is one. You don't have to be a dick about it, okay? It's episode 111, uh, Matt Rooney joined by Joe Musso. Bad math abound. Did, didn't uh, want to get off on a thing. bad foot, but I guess that's um, where we're we at. We do have some topics to get to here, but we're going to do it how we did it a few weeks back. Uh, it seemed to get some, some positive feedback. All buy or sell episode. This is our... Uh, this is our time constraint approach. Is what we do here. Is we just go buy or sell when uh, when uh, the as we as we say sometimes the schedules don't always match uh, up. So. Credit us here. We had about a two hour window to get this entire this pod two hour window for the entire week to get this podcast. Yeah, shout out yeah. us. We're and doing it. All right. Gotta maybe, say, maybe we'll gotta credit. say that's. I'll I'll wear that one. No, that's I'll okay. Bear, you, you got I'll a vacation. That, I'm not gonna. I mean, I, I might have recorded coming up. I recorded a podcast from Europe last year, but you got a vacation coming to Chicago. We're both in the same city. <laughs> we can't record a podcast. So yeah, I, I haven't been off, Matt. I haven't had a vacation. Vacate my my last vacation was when I was out in Palm Springs with you, and it was not even 48 hours long. Okay? Fun times, so though. We had a good time. We did. We, we did. also recorded I, the best podcast we've ever recorded at that time. The best podcast no one will ever hear. I, tr- I actually, you gotta hey, send me. You gotta send me that because I don't even have a copy. The, of that. the, the, the real ones heard that one. <laughs> yes, the uh, the award award winning listeners who who tap in real like like when they see right the away. update and they click it. Those are the people who the, are, the people who listen within twenty four hours heard that one. Uh. But uh, Matt, like we said, we're going to jump into some topics here, but uh, all going to be buy or sell format. So you want to start it off? You want me to start it off? Well, I, I got um, the. Totally, I think totally I, I. I think I'll, I'll start it off because I think I got the question. Yeah, you, that we're going to lead let, off let's, the show with anyways. Yeah, let's go macro. Let's right? start big. We're going to start, start big. big we're going to start with the national picture. The big news of the week was Kawhi to the Clippers. So I'm going to say uh-huh. buy or sell Kawhi and Paul George to the Clippers makes LAC the West Western Conference favorites. Uh, just could not buy it any harder. I think that that team, um, with the parity that's been injected into the West uh, Western Conference, I think that team is the most complete team. I think that team has a built-in identity already. You saw the trouble that they gave the Warriors in early rounds mm-hmm. uh, uh, this past season without the likes of Kawhi or Paul George. Um, now you have Patrick Beverly who can really, really focus on the defensive end. He's not going to have to He doesn't have to do anything offensively. Lou Williams is going to come off the bench and be sixth man of the year again. He's going to score 20 points. Um, it's just when you look at their roster, you have an all-defensive player in uh, in Paul George. He, he was up for defensive player of the year. I believe that went to uh, Rudy Gobert, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I believe you're right. But he was up for the award. Um, Kawhi Leonard, lockdown defender, um, Montrez Harrell um, just kind of does nothing but scrap down low. I think that it's all of the identity of Toronto this year in terms of like a team team with a little more talent with some superstars. Exactly. I, I really think that they're a scary team. I don't think I think that they're not only the team to beat in the West, but I think that they should be NBA favorites. And I'm pretty sure that uh, the Vegas odds do reflect that. So I believe they I are. Think, I think that um, that's the team to beat. But I also do think that. 
it does shift the power. I think that not directly just to Los Angeles, but because um, because they did, he, that Kawhi did not go to the Lakers, mm-hmm. it, it balances power. It's going to make this thing really interesting because when you look at the Western Conference, you could still make a case for the Lakers. You could still make a case for I'll never count Steph Curry out mm-hmm. no matter what battery of players is around him. Um, Portland's going to be really strong. Uh, there's just a, a lot of teams. I guess you could say Houston if they figure out their uh, emotional issues right now. But uh, there's so many great teams in the West. And then when you look at the East, um, I, I think the Philadelphia 76ers are everything that the Clippers are minus that built-in identity. I think mm-hmm. there's still an identity issue there. It's a collection of players rather than a team, but still going to be a fantastic team in the East, going to come out of the East with 55-plus wins. And... Um, I guess Boston's also interesting in the East. Uh, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. will be inter- Brooklyn will be interesting next season, not next season, but the year after that. Um, Indiana's also going to be an interesting team out East because they, were, they were easily the three seed and had a chance at the two seed before Victor Oladipo got hurt. Then he goes down and then they still and go at they maintain. Yeah, I think five, They really only drop one or two spots in the standings. But I think what you touched on there is not only do the Clippers have this built-in identity now with super, superstars, but like those superstars fit that identity so well. Mm-hmm. It's not like they went out and added just you know a James Harden who is you know a great player and can score with the best, yeah. but doesn't care about the defensive end. They bought, they went out and got two guys who absolutely fit into that mold, that scheme, that mindset that they've played with. It almost beat the Warriors that gave them a tough time, mm-hmm. um, and and they fit perfectly into that mold. And you also touched on it too. I was actually going to make this my buy or sell, but I changed it to to the favorites in the West. But I mean, this is the most interesting. The NBA. I've been in an NBA season since probably the Heat formed their super team because this is the first time where you look at both conferences and say like I don't know who's going to go be in the finals. But the last couple yeah. of years, sure, with the East, it was we knew it was down to you know three or four teams. We knew it was going to be the Warriors. Now it's like you said, there's four or five teams from the West that go to the finals. I won't be surprised. There's four or five teams from the East that go to the finals. I'm probably not going to be surprised either. So it's it's as excited for an NBA season as I've been probably in you know, 10 years, nine years, or since ever LeBron made the decision. I mean, the West, not only if we're looking at the end game here and who's going to win the Western Conference or, and in turn the championship, but the West is about nine, 10 teams deep when mm-hmm. you look at the back end of the conference. And I only frame it that way because, you know, covering the Kings out here, they're team number eight, team number nine, mm-hmm. uh, right in that, in that conversation. And you got to look at who is in it this year, who's going to drop out, and who's going to move in. And I think the obvious team that's going to drop out, especially if Russell Westbrook leaves, is, is OKC. They're just going to be dismal without him. Um, they're going to be dismal with him because of the uh, departure of Paul George. Can they still make the playoffs if Russ hangs around? I think so. Um, but at the same time, I think Russ leaves. I think Russ goes elsewhere. I think there's a... I think there's a future buy or sell here, so I'm not. Yeah, we don't 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 spoil that. Yeah, spoiler alert there. Um, but uh, I think Russ goes elsewhere. I think Oklahoma City drops out of the playoff picture. Then you have to find a second team to drop out of the playoff picture because you're moving obviously the Lakers into the playoff picture with their current roster. Mm-hmm. But if the Kings were to try and sneak into that eight slot, we're talking about the San Antonio Spurs missing the playoffs for the first time in two decades, or. Um, I, I don't see Utah taking a major step backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, there's just it's a it's a numbers game of a someone has to deep, fall out a super deep conference, and it's going to like you said be a, a blast to watch on a nightly basis next season, no doubt. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Matt, I, I almost just blew my question there, so why don't I jump right to it? Why don't you, why don't you hit it? Um, <laughs> Matt, uh, there's been scuttlebutt about uh, Russell Westbrook going to a number of different cities, uh, one of those cities being Chicago. So uh, we're going to localize a little bit here, and I'm going to say, Matt, buy or sell Russell Westbrook to Chicago, even for a super reasonable package, not giving up the farm, Russell West, and, and you'd probably have to, but let, let's just position it, and then the Bulls can get Russ for the cheap, buy or sell, you want Russ a Bull. I mean, it's tough because like you say get Russ for the cheap, but in order to do that, you have to give up you know big contract big contracts because the money has to even out and the bulls yeah. all their big contracts the for the most part pretty valuable players i mean their two big contracts are zach levine and otto porter so I, you're basically saying i have to give up those two for russell westbrook okay I'd, while, say, while, I'd, I'd say otto porter would still be for the cheap like uh, okay that, well, that zach levine and otto porter to me it's not you'd have cheap. to okay you'd have to clear both because I mean, Ru- russ has a cap hit of about 44 million 40 i think it is 41 and, and, you know like that. i think Porter's 26, Levine's like 23, something like that, okay. 22. So that's about the money there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that because as much as I like Russell Westbrook, as good of a player as he is, he's already 31. He plays such a hard game that I think the yeah. body's going to kind of break down. We've already kind of started to see it. And as much as I like what he can do, I don't think he's the greatest you know, point guard superstar to be around some developing star talent, guys like, like Lowry Markin, and even if Levine's gone – some of the younger, like Kobe White, that I know they, they're high on and have around him. Obviously, Kobe White shouldn't be the reason you don't get Russell Westbrook, but it is a factor. And I, I don't think he fits where this team is right now and what they'd have to give up to get him, which would also you'd probably have to throw in some first-round picks there too, which I don't think the Bulls should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if they go out and get him, they go out and make that trade, do, do they probably pick up a couple more wins because of it? Maybe. But I don't. I don't think a 31-year-old Russell Westbrook fits here. Maybe you know four years ago when he was still kind of in that prime, sure. But I think this guy is a, is is a player who's going to. The body's going to give up on him pretty quickly because of how hard of a game he plays. Kind of like Derrick Rose, and I, I just I don't see it. Uh, it I would think, be. I think Miami's the better fit for him, and I think that's where he ends up ultimately. It would be your classic um, band aid. It's a band aid. Exactly. Puts us back Not in the five band-aid. seat or whatever. But your your classic put put asses in the seats move. Yeah, um, and Russell Westbrook with, also with doesn't no real make the team plan of longevity. Russell Westbrook doesn't make them any better, not much better than they are now. Doesn't get them to the conference finals. Doesn't get them to the NBA finals. It Russell gets Westbrook, them maybe a couple more wins. Russell Westbrook gets national media in the building ten times a year, that's and that's that's about it. Yeah, so, that's essentially it. So I, I'd be that. in. I'd be in lockstep with you there. There's no sense in. Uh, if we were constructed differently and there was a obvious move to get him here mm-hmm. and it was the move that you felt like was the one that was going to take you over the top, which I don't feel like Russell Westbrook is for any team, um, then yes. But that's just so far from the actual situation right now. Yeah, there, there's. I'm not saying Zach Levine's untouchable because he's obviously mm-hmm. not for the right star, but he's not the guy. Russell Westbrook's not the guy I'm going to give up on Zach Levine for, if that makes sense. I would rather see us try and you know see it through with Zach Levine as kind of the go-to guy right now than blow things up and, and kind of hit the reset button from the rebuild and add Russell Westbrook for four more years, I think, at like $170 million. It's just not worth it. Completely agree with you. So. But judging from you know what they usually do, they'll probably go out and do it and throw in like three first-round picks. <laughs> so. Just uh, mortgage the future and go with it. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, my uh, turn to maybe. ask you one. All right, we're gonna uh, go. Uh, we're gonna go across the pond here, Joe. We're going to the British Open. We got that coming up, it. not this weekend, but next weekend, uh, over at Royal Portrush. People forget I played there. Yep, um, they do. 
It's important. John Daly. He got to got to ride in the cart at the PGA. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he applied for that as well in the British Open and got shot down. Uh, he wasn't all too pleased. Said he's gonna. He, he's got a very bad knee. I forget the exact injury, but he's he's had surgery on the knee multiple times. He's limping around mm-hmm. pretty good. Uh, I think the I think the medical term that Daly likes to use is a trick knee. He, he's okay. got himself he got himself a trick knee. I'm gonna say, and this is no offense to John because I love watching him play golf. He's got he's been overweight for a while, and his knees mm-hmm. are sick of supporting him. He's got big man knee. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, buy or sell John Daly makes it. Past one, he plays one full round on the bum knee without uh, without withdrawing. Over under eighteen holes. Let's call it eighteen um, and a half holes. Oh, so he's got to take. He's got to step to the tee. He on steps two, to the tee on, on day two. Oh, I'm selling. I think that kind of changes it. You I think, think Big John just wants to get in a free round at Portrush and then call that's, it a day? That's the nail on the coffin there. Okay, we know how JD operates. If he is. Three over par or more through nine holes. It's over. Nah, we're done. It's over. It's, we're done here. We've seen enough. I don't need the check. I'm heading up the road to the Bushmills Distillery. Um, I, I'm I'm applauding uh, JD for for still playing Sans Cart. So we'll see how committed he is to that uh, to that reality. And, and I think he's just going to ask for a cart at. The remainder of the tournaments that he qualifies for. So you might for. still ask for a cart when he gets there. Like, hey guys, you were just kidding, right? I can, I can take yeah. a cart, right? <laughs> um, but honestly, it's uh, it's just not um, it, it's not feasible for him to walk four rounds. Um, I don't think he can do it on the knee. I really so don't. I, I'm selling. I'm selling him uh, making it a full eighteen and a half. So I, I hope he sticks it out because, like, I know how much he loves the tournament. He was saying in, in his. Uh, his post, I forgot if it was social media or wherever he released his statement, but like saying like he feels almost a duty to play in the PGA and uh, and the British every year because you know as a past champion he likes playing and kind of honoring that stuff. And like, I, mm-hmm. I think it's awesome that he tries to do that. And I hope he try you know hope he gets to play. But I'm with you, man. I, I was watching him the the post I was reading had some clips of him walking to and from the cart at the PGA. Didn't and look even good. then, like he was you know he was getting there, but he was limping a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so yeah, I'd, I'd sell big on, on JD uh, walking walking a full round plus one. But if he's playing well, he won't feel a thing. That's guaranteed. that's also true. If, if he's playing, if he's you know even through one through the first round or just one over plays a pretty good round, he's going to give it a go on day two. Yeah, um, they uh, a, a fantastic finish, probably the finish of the year um, outside of obviously Tiger moments at. Pe- uh, Remember when Tiger won the Masters? I did. People forget that. People do forget. I still have not deleted the Masters app from my phone because (laughs) every time you open (laughs) it, it still says Tiger won. Just to think about it. Um, But a great finish at the 3M Open. Uh, What's the kid's name? Michael Wolf? Uh, Matthew Wolf, Wolf. I think it was. Matthew Wolf, yeah. Yeah. Matthew Wolf. With two Draining in an eagle putt to win right after Bryson DeChambeau drained an eagle putt to take the lead. It was just... um, Really great theater uh, this past week, but leads me to my question. I'm going to keep things on tour as well. Uh, I don't know if our listeners have seen it. I'm sure they have, but uh, Tiger uh, put out a video uh, earlier this week of him training at 1 in the morning to get his body on uh, Royal Portrush time. Love um, it. Love it. So, Matt, 
buy or sell Tiger waking up at 1 a.m. to get his work in to reprogram the body clock? Do oh, you buy into this sort of sorcery? I, I buy it because Tiger knows his body and knows how to do, knows what he's supposed to do, what knows what he has to do to get his body ready better than anybody. So I totally buy this. I actually think he's probably been doing it for longer than he says. He just didn't want to get people, you know, let on to what he was doing. Uh, but I, I bought the video was kind of weird because I don't know if you watched the whole video it was like edited weird and like it was very mm-hmm. like kind of splicey and I thought that was a little bit odd but the general message of the video I'm all in on I think Tiger's getting himself ready I think he's going to come out firing at Port Rush and I, I expect big things because he's going to be ready he's playing chess all the other golfers are playing checkers Joe they're not ready <laughs> they're not getting the body ready Tiger's prepared. He's just going to be spry he's going to be morning spry. So you think he's like also going to bed at like five? Is that, is that um, what's going on here? Is he going to bed? He's got to be, yeah. Right? You'd think? He's, I mean, he's not getting three hours of sleep. No. I, I think Tiger's a guy who's like – Tiger's a big like, I could run I could run on five hours guy. So And he um, probably can. Yeah. So I'd say maybe a 7 o'clock, seven o'clock, o'clock call time. time for him. Yeah. 7, 8 o'clock. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Next week we can get in like a full British Open preview because I'm, yes. I'm very excited for this one. We're going to be out – I'm going to be out on the West Coast during this British Open, Joe. So like, I know it's always a little bit earlier, but like out there – Wait, it ends at like 11 o'clock, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't like it's, that. It's a middle of the night type thing. I'm not, sure I, I'm not sure I feel great about that. What are you going to do, man? I, I didn't make the time zones. Well, you should you know, do something about it. Talk to the people out here about you, it. You live out there. Just get, you know, talk to the TV people or something. Getting, getting things bumped up for you. Yeah, I'd appreciate bumped it. back for Be you. Be very nice. It's like the opposite of the U.S. Open in primetime. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Matt. Uh, I just asked that one, so your turn. Oh, it is my turn. Oh, man, I already forgot what I was going to ask. We're not good at this uh, by ourselves here. No. Mo- mostly because you don't write yours down and you have to Well, I wrote down, down like, I wrote down like three of them, uh-huh. and I and thought that stopped. was pretty good, and, and then, then I stopped. stopped because I came up with one. Uh, yeah. Oh, Home Run Derby. That's what it is. Buy or sell <laughs> the new Home Run Derby format. I, I, you, I'm sure you watched last night because I think I saw oh, you tweeting it's... about it. It was I, – I mean, that was – as captivating of television as you could probably have without it being, I guess, live sports because I mean it's not really a sports game. Um, but buy or pure, sell the home run derby format. Pure gladiator exhibition. It this was, is the second year they've done it like this, right? Um, no, I believe this is year three. Okay, but fairly. And it, yeah. Two of the three years have been completely like heart pounding, amazing moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the year one we had a, a walk off or a, a buzzer beater. Last um, year was the Harper buzzer beater, I think. Because I think it was last Harper versus Harper Baez, maybe. Okay, so it might have been last year. It was Harper first year. Harper, like I think we're going back and forth. And, and Harper hit like four in like the last 15 seconds or something. Yeah, but the, the swing off this year uh, between Vladdy Two swing Jr. offs. We had two Vladdy, of them. We did, we did. Uh, but the, the swing off in the semis between Vladdy Jr. and uh, um, not Bellinger. Um, Young Jock Jock. Peterson. Yeah was just as good as it really gets with those two guys pounding it. Um, it does, I mean, if I'm going to be a, a sour puss here and really just put a damper on things, it, it does work against these guys when you do get into situations like that because you get to the final round and the final round. You're just gassed. Yeah, but that's any format. It's like the final round's never going to be what the early rounds were because, I mean, swing a bat 200 times and see mm-hmm. how your arms feel. Um, but I think that with... The format changing with the game getting a little looser in their uh, approach to the actual baseball. Um, we always knew that home run derby balls were juiced, but they might even had a little something extra in them yeah. uh, this season. Um, with the just growth and advancement of the player, I think there's more power hitters in the game right now that there's been since 
maybe the steroid era. Um, I just think it, it is the perfect confluence of events to have the home run derby be this grand spectacle every single all-star break. And like, I'm, I, I tweeted yesterday that like, I'm so happy that it's awesome again because yeah. it was awesome when we were kids for a completely different reason. And now it's awesome again. And if they can keep it as interesting as this, it's, it's the main draw during all-star weekend. Like well, I'm, good, I was, I'm more likely to tune your, in last enjoy night your than I am kind of yeah, now for the Enjoy your thing. all-star game tonight. I'll look at a box score. I'll mm-hmm. maybe watch a little bit. If I'm I'll probably busy, tune but, in when I see the Sox players or, you know, when G. Yeah, Lito's pitching I, or if I see McCann's up sooner or Bray. I'm not but. sitting down for three and a half hours to watch the all-star game. Whereas last night I sat down for three hours and watched the home run derby. Mm-hmm. I, I the um, only thing completely buy the only thing I'd want to tweak from it, and this is nitpicky at best, but I'd like that first round to go back to being like I love the four minute format and just you know get as many swings in as you can, but I'd like it to go back to not being a bracket in that four, just so like when you have you know Vlad obviously it was things Vlad Junior whoever in the first round both hit like twenty five home runs, one of them mm-hmm. is out, whereas like you know. Pete Alonso, whoever hits fourteen, but he advances, and he obviously ended up winning. But like, you know what I mean? Just to see the, those those okay. guys with so you many know, home I totally runs. Get what you're saying. And then you know, we after that first round, you know, you cut it in half, and then you go, you know, one seed versus four seed, two versus three, and then you kind of have those brackets, those sw- you know, the the actual head to heads. But I mean, that's nitpicky at best. Like I said, that was the most entertained I've been watching a home run derby in a long time, and. I actually think Pete Alonso in the, the, the semifinals and the finals kind of got overshadowed by how awesome Vlad and Jock were because, like, I forgot. I think it was Acuna he had in the semifinals, but, like, he had to hit, I think, four in, like, the last 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And he absolutely, on, on the last pitch he saw to win it, just drilled one to dead center, like, threw the bat up, threw his arms up. He was getting all into it. So it was a <laughs> lot of fun watching him, too. Like, he he just kind of got overshadowed because of how good the other two were. But Acuna's – and, like, Acuna was – Getting him into like the fifth row, but opposite oh, yeah. field, like the deep right center gap. A lot. Bonzo was doing the same thing. Like he was going to straightaway center. He was taking a lot the other way. Like I don't know if it was yeah. his pitcher not giving him the ball where he wanted to, but he was just going the other way. With Crazy opposite wherever. field power. And like Alonzo, I think the one he won on, like hit one literally to dead center, and mm-hmm. this was like. It, Right off the bat, like he just threw it, like threw his hands up, threw his bat up in the air, like you knew he was. Like, dude, you drilled that to dead center, but this is a deep park. Like, how do you mm-hmm. know that's gone? And obviously, cleared yeah. by like twenty feet, but that was that, that was fun to watch. And it's always fun seeing those guys kind of get really into it and have the uh, have a lot of fun with it because you don't get to see it that all too often. Yeah, um, fun time. That was uh, that was just great, great stuff uh, last night. But uh, moving on here, Matt, uh, we're going to kind of go out of order here. Take things back to the NBA. Probably Ooh, love that. Done nah, a little, uh, that's little editing here, but we, okay. we talked about the Western Conference, and that just uh, creates Clippers. more work for me if I do. If we have to do more exactly, um, Clippers being the favorites. Uh, the other, uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for here? The other resident of there you go. Tenant of Staples Center, uh, the resident Staples of, Center uh, tenant of the Staples Center. You know, not getting Kawhi, but but still, uh, but still loading up here. Um, don't really love the way the team is constructed, one through fifteen, but one through three, one through four. You got you got some some killers again uh, with Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Demarcus Cousins, uh, Danny Green will likely be in that starting lineup, mm-hmm. and uh, Rajon Rondo as your point guard. Uh, Matt, buy or sell. Uh, the current Lakers roster is a five-seater better. I think so. Um, I think you kind of see the Lakers and the Trailblazers kind of battling it out for that three and four seed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the the roster is not great, and it's not where LeBron wants it to be. But he has two legitimate superstars, and him and Anthony Davis. He has a shooter now in Danny Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is also a decent shooter. He's probably coming off the bench now, and if he's your 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 go to guy in a second unit, that's pretty good. Um, they're absolutely not the favorites in the West. They're probably not a top you know two team in the West, but I, I absolutely think they are hosting a playoff series in the Western Conference Finals because I also think. This rejuvenates LeBron a little bit. I think last year going into it, and especially once they struggled out of the gate, he kind of knew even if we go to the playoffs, we're not really going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to see a rejuvenated LeBron, a refreshed LeBron, and kind of ready to attack it. Now that while well, he didn't get Kawhi too, he got his guy in Anthony Davis, who he wanted all along. Uh, I, I like the way the Lakers are looking. Uh, not to go to the NBA Finals unless LeBron absolutely puts the team on his back, but a four or five seed, three seed, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I- Ronald's a sneaky them, good point guard for this team. Today. Yeah, but I put them right around that five seed because we talk about the built-in identity of the Clippers. The mm-hmm. Lakers are going to have an identity crisis. Um, how is this offense going to work? Is LeBron James 10 possessions into the game going to get sick of Rondo and take the ball and play point guard and then watch Boogie and uh, and uh, AD trade low screens down low? I mean, mm-hmm. they played together in uh, New, Orleans. New Orleans, so they kind of have a feel for each other. I think they're going to be dangerous again, but it's going to be a slow, uh, methodical offense. It's not going to be run and gun. Um, and in today's NBA, you could get behind quick with a mm-hmm. slow, methodical offense. I think that they lose a lot of games that they're not supposed to next year. I think that they're going to hit uh, a couple LeBron speed bumps, and in that I mean that uh, the psyche of the team is not always going to be strong, Yeah, uh, especially with the big personalities there. I put them right around that five seed. There's a, like we said, there's so much talent in the West. It's I a put deep them right conference. Around five. I put them right around five. We have them right around in the same area. I just kind of think they're on the other side of that. Yeah, that half. But I, that's a fair point. That this is going to be a much slower offense, and I think LeBron's probably used to playing even last year with the with the team not being great. It was a much younger, faster, up tempo mm-hmm. offense. So this will be a little bit of an adjustment for him because yeah, Boogie's not fast anymore, Joe. No, that's he doesn't. That's he doesn't have the legs anymore. But he's still a bulldozer. He can he still is. get it done in the post. There were some moments in the postseason there where, um, you know, he looked really strong, vintage boogie. It's just, can he do that for even if we're calling it load management, a sixty-game slate? Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to move on here, Joe. Have you seen the the social media trend, the fad on Instagram? You seen on Twitter the bottle cap challenge? Oh no, Matt! I've completely missed it. Okay, good. Well, you should get on. You should get on the social media more often. Yeah, I'll check it out. You're in in media now, Joe. I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but it's probably important for you to be. Matt, I'm right on the. the I'm right on the cusp of being sick of this one already. (laughs) You know, this is this bottle cap challenge is pushed my patience a little bit we're right on the cusp well that's fair I, and i respect that but i want to ask you buy or sell you think you can pull off the bottle cap challenge you think you can spin around and kick that bottle cap off are we talking like one try i don't know how many however many tries it takes oh yeah i mean if i get unlimited tries i'll absolutely get five tries that. you get five tries five tries i think i can get it done three tries i, think I, get it done. I was a yellow belt um i do have some oh karate. wow what's that is that um, right up is that right above white it's one over white yeah so, had, so you, had one, you got a little experience one belt ceremony um so i do have a little back kick experience okay um you should see i got a mean cartwheel um but uh i do think that i could get that done i, I could do the bottle cap challenge but it would have to be a legitimate one i i don't like a lot of these these fakes here um the bottle needs to be set down on a table 
That's what that's what makes this difficult. Is well, because you have a lot of people just, putting them down on like stools or lower, so they can kind of no, get no, it. no, no, no. You have a lot saying? of people. The problem I have a lot of people. You have someone holding the bottle. Okay. Now, when someone's holding the bottle, there's no chance of you kicking the bottle yeah, over. That's true. They if got you the have pressure, the bottle just like on a table or a stool, you have to perfectly clip said cap. You're and, a thinker. Um, You're a thinker. Yeah. So you got a lot of you got a lot of fake bottle cap challenge out there. So uh, I, if I did it, I'd have to do it the, the classic way. All right. Well, I, I, if, if it were not that obvious, there's no chance I could pull this off. So on myself doing it, I will sell it very hard. But I think, okay. I think given enough chances, I think you can get it done. I think your self-awareness is the most important thing here. So I applaud Well, you know, that. if there's one thing about me, Joe, I've always been pretty self-aware. <laughs> I, bought, I bought the Garfield putter cover. So I'm pretty self-aware yes. of myself. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that. I don't know why when you said I bought the Garfield, I was thinking right off the bat, like one of those claw things that you used to grab. No, I, you know – I'm never going to get to that point. Uh, <laughs> that's when, that's when we know we got an issue. If, if I get to that point, Joe, I give you full authority to host an intervention for me. Perfect, perfect. I'm glad. Make sure I, we, we now have this on. Uh, we now have a, a a spoken record of that too. Just so, just uh, make sure we host it out in Palm Springs. Get me out there for a nice golf trip, and yeah. then have an intervention out there. You'll me. never walk alone, Matt. You'll never walk alone. I appreciate that, uh, Matt. Buy or sell. We're going to go to some Women's World Cup here. Our ladies bringing home the uh, the World Cup title for a fourth time, second time in two tries. Just an amazing collection of badass women. Mm-hmm. Megan Rapino, Alex Morgan, uh, Julie Ertz, the whole gang. Um, Rose scoring the big goal in the last uh, in the final. Matt, buy or sell uh, World the Women's World team is the team of the year now this will be voted on and it will come out wednesday night i believe uh at the espies but uh buy or sell this team is the the team of the year i think you have to buy it right i mean uh, they they seem to captivate the country a lot more than than any other team obviously because they're representing the country not just the city for the most part but also like this isn't really a big year of like you know, great team stories. If you really, if I'm, unless I'm missing on one, you're blanking on something. There haven't been that many great sports stories, and any time you have a fun team like this that's representing the the country on a world stage, like absolutely, I, I don't think we've seen a better better moment. A team that's kind of captivated more. I mean, I'm trying to think that the Patriots won the Super Bowl, and as, as much as I love wa- watching the New England Patriots, like yeah, that's not really a team that's captivating. Clemson was awesome, but like. Clemson's been there and done that before. That's not like some big, you know, story that, that, that captivated everybody. Um, the, the the Raptors, I guess, were, were awesome, but like they're not. There's not that big much personality. I think the Raptors there. would be the only one to like rival them. Yeah, because I mean, but like, team, it was a so Canadian team. Like if, if that was like, <laughs> if that was a team that you you know hadn't won a title in 50 years and was you know in Oklahoma City or whatever somewhere in America, maybe. But like, no, I, I think you gotta. I think you gotta hand it to the women. They're obviously dominant i think they scored the most goals in in a uh, women's world cup tournament like team combined they obviously mm-hmm. went back to back i think for the first time since the early 2000s when when germany did it i saw i mean they had me at, you know at a bar at 10 in the morning in chicago watching that so that was that, i, yeah, I, but I don't that get doesn't up take and, much so you, you can't really use 10, that as 10, a, in the, 10 in the morning does. i'm not really up at 10 <laughs> in the morning and i'm drinking that early but i was there hey 10 in the morning with a good drink deal no it it, it it had us all uh it had bloody us all mary buying it I, I, i'm not a bloody mary i can't do the texture buy uh. yourself, I'll, I'll, I'll hit you We'll, we'll, we'll carry this over to the next one. 
Um, but no, yeah, I, I think you got to buy it. They're a lot of fun to watch, and the personalities on those teams, whether you agree yeah, with awesome. whether you, you agree or don't with you know a lot of things they're saying off the field, at least on the field, like the celebrations, the, the Megan Rapino statue, the Alex Morgan sipping the tea, like they're a lot of fun to watch. Like they're. And like they're Matt, co- to, they're they're cocky because they know they're good and they're allowed to like well, not, they're, no, they're not no, they're, they're not, not showing they're not, anybody up. They're yeah, not yeah, yeah. cocky. They're not cocky. They're, like I'm gonna i I'm gonna step out here for a second and okay. when when you say you can agree or disagree with the things that they're saying, what is there to agree or disagree with? I, oh like, no 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 they're I, not I, no, they're no, not no. being overtly I, political. I'm not um, no 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 the, I'm not tr- that I was that, that was trying to do the opposite of getting political. I'm saying whether no, you agree, know, whether you're on their like, political side, they're not, not cocky. Whatever. That was that was a storyline made up by the English press because they knew they were going to get bulldozed and Pierce Morgan opened up his stupid mouth. So that was a non-issue too. We're going to celebrate goals. The one issue was celebrating the 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th goal against Thailand or whatever it was in the first round. And guys, let's get over it. These women have waited four years to play in this tournament. A lot of them didn't expect to score goals that were scoring goals late in the game. They celebrated. Okay, if you want to take them to task for that, that's really oh, I, the only issue here. I got They're it. saying they don't want to go to the, uh, the White House just like all these other professional teams are, so... You could think whatever you want about that. But no, that that's more. I was more getting like with the White House. You don't have to don't go to the what, White House. You no, don't I, have to go to the White House. Look at the past teams that have not gone to the White House I'm not, or halves of teams. I, I, I'm not getting mad at you. I'm you getting mad like at the general. No, I'm getting mad at the general public and the media for trying to turn these into storylines when they're not. This was a completely. This was an amazing performance by this group of women, and it wasn't polarizing at all. Sorry, we don't want to go and talk to this president at the White House. If that's the polarizing point, well, then you're here for the politics and not for the soccer anyway. So, well, yeah, that, that's I, what I I'm saying. What that's kind of what I was getting at is just paying attention to the stuff they've done on the field and being and you know being an American rooting for Team USA, seeing what they're doing on the field, like they were that much fun to watch. You don't see that and, many teams from, that, are, that are that good, that fun. To no, watch they were they were a blast to watch. Like you said, they were captivating. And if you want to go from a uh, from a equal pay standpoint, because that's been their platform as well, equal pay, I think, is a bit of a fallacy because there's no such thing as equal pay in any workforce, whether you're a professional athlete or you're a marketing executive. It, it pay should not be dictated by sex or gender. Pay should be dictated by your performance. And these women outperform the men. These women draw more ad dollars than the men. These women draw more eyes than the men. These women should be paid more than the men. Just like the NBA champion Toronto Raptors make millions and millions of dollars where I couldn't tell you who the reigning NBA champ in the WNBA is. They make less because there's less eyes, there's less ad revenue, and they shouldn't be paid as much because of that. Your draw dictates your pay. These women are massive draws. They should be making more than the men. It's pretty It's pretty black and white to me. I, I just don't understand like all of these non-issues becoming huge issues. We, we know how money in sports works. Well, speaking of getting paid, I had the over two and a half in that game. Jeremiah, the, the U.S. Paid, minus man. two. Well, I had, I had the U.S. minus two and a half, and they had several chances to score late, and just kind of turned around, dribbled out, and killed some clock. So that I, I guess that's my biggest gripe with these women. They cost me a little bit of money <laughs> because I had so much faith in them winning by three or more goals, and they had several chances to do so and didn't capitalize. So that's where I'm yeah, at on that. That's a tough beat. On, that's yeah, tough that's, beat that's what you, you call a bad beat. But I also met it, had them at one and a half, so it's not all lost. <laughs> 
What did you say about an intervention? Can I host this intervention for anything? Does hey, it have to be claw related? It has to be claw related. That's the only the only intervention you have the green light to host for me is when I get the claw. Okay. Yeah. Um, Matt, you got one? Oh, well, yeah. I, well, you, you mentioned Bloody Mary, so it's bonus by yourself. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the brunch Bloody Mary. I would buy it a million times. Yeah, I, I, I can't do it. I can't. You'll do the seldom texture. see me at a brunch. I'll always start with a Bloody Mary and then and then transition to whatever I'm drinking. The texture's uh, too much. It's like it's so it's kind of like thick and there's too much yeah, a going on. Peppery in there. And, I don't. It doesn't oh. strike me as like a, it's it's more of a soup than a drink. Now I'm not. I, I won't. I won't drink cold tomato juice. But so you have a warm Bloody Mary. No, 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 no. I won't drink cold tomato juice, just like a oh. just like a can of tomato juice, like V8 or whatever. Yeah. But I will drink Bloody Marys. You got to throw some booze in there. You got to throw some pepper in there, some Tabasco, some Worcestershire. So, Is that how you uh, pronounce it? My, my, my little trick here, little little dash of A1. Gives it a, a barbecue zing. smoke little in there, zing. a little zing. Or, zing you just go with, or you just go with Zing Zang, which is the pre-made mix that – trounces all other now do you go to like the like a place with like the bloody mary bar where you're kind of customizing your own bloody i don't really mary like reason. that no okay. no I, I want you to make i want you to make my bloody mary behind make it the for bar. Me. i don't want to stab cheese that's been sitting out for three and a half hours at kincaid's um <laughs> or kirkwood's to uh to make my own bloody mary no thank you that's a fair point joe i, I wouldn't yeah. know because i'm not a bloody mary guy but I, I'll, I'll take your word for it yeah all right matt uh More of a beer guy give me the light beer. Give me like a actually in the morning like when I was at uh, when I was at the, at the bar watching that game everybody was getting bloody marys and stuff I actually got like a nice kind of like darker stout beer to give oh, me kind of that give me that coffee type that, flavor give me that oh, little, I thought you were say that that soccer vibe too that like across the pond Guinness type thing that's fair but they were in France yeah um, and yeah. we weren't playing England or not Ireland yeah. Ireland correct um, myself there but you go I, yeah, it was more of like give me like a coffeeish type <laughs> flavor in the morning that's what I was going for there. I like it. Yeah, uh, Matt, a couple more here. A couple more here. We'll get us back on the rails here uh, by, by talking about the royal family. So, uh, Matt, uh, the Duchess, uh, Meghan Markle, was at Wimbledon to watch Serena. Um, she, was, she was taken back by the amount of people that were trying to take pictures of her from the crowd. So um, she requested that no photography be allowed inside of the court while she was there. So. Uh, buy or sell a downtrodden duchess allowing no picks at Wimbledon. So, like, can people get pictures of her outside the court, or is that? Is I, that I, I don't know. The, like, I, don't I don't know the exact rules here, but I'm a, I'm a, like, I get you know wanting to be out in public and not have to have people taking pictures of you constantly, but at the same time, like, you're a duchess and like you kind of comes with the territory, and like I I don't think you can tell people to not take pictures of you if you're out in public. Like, that's kind of they're right i think right so mm-hmm. yeah i think so it's, it comes off as a little like you know, a little snobbish to me now if you want to say like hey don't take pictures of me doing this and like I, i'll take pictures with a bunch of people outside of here or after the match is over if there's a way to say that i don't know mm-hmm. but like i don't like i guess if she's a duchess and royal royalty in england they can do whatever they want for the most part but no i don't i don't think that's all that cool i get wanting to sit there and be in private but you kind of have to just hope the people around you have the decency to know that and not be, yeah. if they're going to snap pictures, be overt and like obvious about it. But the, uh, it comes off as, it rubs me the wrong way. The real issue here is that she wasn't sitting in the royal box because when you're in the royal box, there's really no way for someone to get a close picture. Yeah. Like if they're going to take a picture of you, yeah, she was sitting just kind of courtside, right? She was, she was kind of sitting, sitting in the stance. So like there's like the courtside area and then there's like a walkway and then the actual seating that goes up. She was in like the first row of the actual seating. So she was sitting 
directly in front of a walkway. So people were just stopping okay, and like, well, that's putting like, their cameras under her nose. At that point, yeah, like, what, what are you doing here? Let's, let's plan a little bit better here, Megan. You're not you're not suits, Megan Markle anymore. You're the Duchess, you're the Duchess of, of Windsor, damn Windsor? It. Is it Windsor? Yeah, I think so. Okay, sure. We're going to say Windsor. No, Duchess of Sussex? So, it's one of the two. Sussex or Windsor. Yeah. We're gonna let's yeah. say both. I'm just proud I know both of those words. Proud good for yeah. you. <laughs> uh, Matt, you got anything else? That was my last one. Uh, I don't think Actually so. I have a bonus. I okay. do have a another bonus. bonus. Let's go. Um buy or sell. It's gonna be more of an over under, but buy or sell. And I know this is uh this is gonna be a lower number for you because you don't have the interest in it. But uh Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant's uh, game-worn World Series gloves uh, are oh, going God. to auction. What would you pay? They're both autographed. What would you pay for those for those gloves? I don't know, I, I those are going to probably sell for. I mean, that that might get up to six figures, right? I I, I think um, I think there's I, some Cubs fans out there. They're going to get out to six figures. I, I I wouldn't pay much for them at all because I'm not a Cubs fan and don't really care about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's going to get up to six figures. You think you think a, a hundred thousand uh, dollar? I think you're going to get some some very loaded Cubs fans because we know there are a lot of those you know out on the North Shore. Or, you know, yeah. have a little bit of money to spend that love the Cubs like that, or, or just going to say to themselves, "I'm not getting outbid for this." Yeah, I think you're going to see those man. see those go up in the six figures. I'm taking shots. Who am I taking take shots? shots take I'm not, shots. I'm not taking shots. Um, if you keep, I'm playing, saying. I'm trying to- I'm trying to find the, okay, the I'm, website. I'm, all I'm saying is that there's a lot of wealthy Cubs fans that live on the North Shore. Is that you, you haven't been away oh, no. from Chicago long enough to not oh, know no, that, no, no, do no, you? No, no. Um, is oh, this no. the greatest piece of World Series memorabilia ever is what the uh, the title of the article is. It is the ball that Rizzo caught the last out, or the glove that Rizzo caught the last out with. So uh, uh, TMZ Sports has learned that the two peaches, which are being sold together as a package, that changes everything. Ooh, wait, they're they're being they're all sold together. X amount of dollars the time it closes. I'm looking at the number here. Oh, so God. both gloves. What do you think they'd fetch? Three or four hundred. Seven hundred and fifty thousand oh, dollars is what they're expected to fetch. Three quarters of a million dollars. I, I just I can't do that. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't have that yeah. one in the bank, Joe. If you got it laying around, um, if you got it laying around, and that's uh, you know disposable income for you, go for it. I don't. I don't got that one in the bank. And if yeah, I, I did, like I'd probably like, be buying it just to flip it. That's like small. Di- you can sm- buy like a small dinosaur for that. Like Joe, dinosaurs. The bones of a small dinosaur. dinosaur. Stink for a while. Yeah, but like that's that's like a billionaire thing. Is they like all try and buy so, dinosaurs? So what they do um, out in California? Yeah, the California big trend, big Cali big, trend. Big market out here for dino bones. Yeah, that's well, that's you know, that's something. <laughs> Matt, you got anything else? Or did you? Did you? It's it's been a week now. Did, did you catch Dylan Cease's debut or some highlights? Did you, did you, did you read about that at all? I did him? see it. I did see the highlights. Um, he he did just about what we we were hoping for. He almost got that quality start, and with the exception he of the did. First inning, he did have some, some pretty good command. Give up what two in the first? Give up two in the no, first, but only yeah. on one hit. He uh, okay. He got the first two outs in about eight pitches. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and was gassing it. It was like he was, like, oh, he, stuff, he, was yeah. he was touching ninety eight, ninety nine, a hundred here and there. And then and that's know, to be expected from him. Could I mean. not really command that fastball that well, which you might expect from a guy juiced up for his first start. But settled down, yeah. got got himself through five. I Poor word choice, but fu- go on. Oh, he wasn't on steroids, Joe. <laughs> got himself through through five, three earned. Mm-hmm. Pitched himself pretty well and, and really calmed down after that first. And I, I don't know if you saw the highlights or, or saw a lot of the game at all because you're out there, but. That curveball that he has, that that big looper, 
That yeah, comes he, out of the hand. Like I, there were a couple times that he threw it first pitch, and it looks like you're getting a fastball, you know, right at the right at the letters, and that thing just drops at the table, like off the table, like 84 miles an hour, right into McCann's glove at the knees. It was it was something to see, and so he's got some, he's got some great command of it. He he eased off um, the fastball, got it down to about 96, 97 in the later innings, commanding it much better. We get, we got some we got some reason to be excited here, Joe. It's it's getting beautiful. fun again. Beautiful, all good things. We get uh, Eloy get killed Cope the Cubs again. That the, was nice. Yes, uh, and I saw that the big hurt had called it. I saw some good content out of the uh, some, NBC Sports Chicago. Team. That's what we do. We're just turning out content over there. We're yeah. it's, it's all digital all the time for us. We're getting stuff out there like clockwork. It's it's got to gotta be got to be big on digital these days. It's, uh, it's the amount of times I've heard that Joe. But what a, what a bizarro <laughs> crosstown classic here. You got Giolito getting shelled twice. Mm-hmm. And you got Ivan Nova shutting down the Cubs twice. So, do we think this is a Cubs thing, or do we think this is a Giolito coming back to Earth thing? You know, I I think I don't. I still think Giolito is going to be a very good pitcher. I don't think he's he was never always going to be as good as he was during that you know seven or eight start stretch because that's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. That said, if you look at his splits this year against the Cubs and against everybody else, the against everybody else numbers are insane. Um, so I, I mean I think it was a little bit of both. I still think he has a little bit of more, a little bit more maturing to do, a little bit more you know on the mental side to to get you know to grow a little bit. And I, I think you saw that a little bit at times with against the Cubs. I think he started dwelling on a little bit, uh, you know, will pass pitches a little bit more than than he's done in this season instead of kind of just focusing on the next one, putting without throwing whatever McCann puts down. Yeah. Um, but I still think he's he's never going to finish the year with a two point two ERA. But I, I think this is more the Giolito we've seen prior to those starts this year is more of the Giolito than, than the one we saw last year. Gotcha. Um, well, we, we, had, we had to sneak in a little sock. You got there. to. We got to get a little uh, sock talk here. We get a little sock talk into the mix here. And uh, thank you, Matt, for, for sneaking in uh, a quick pod here. I know uh, it was tight on your schedule, and we've gone five minutes over your hard out time. We have. So um, if you guys have a chance and you have Matt's number, I know a lot of the listeners do, Send me a quick thank you. Just say thanks. Yeah, yeah. Just, just thank Matt for, for putting his neck out there for the team this week and allowing us to get a, a podcast yeah. out here. Go ahead. I was about to say goodbye. I was, gonna say I'm pulling, like, yeah, I was just saying pulling double duty and being a good yeah. podcaster and a good uncle. I'm trying to do there you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go take care of human life. So yeah, uh, that's, that's probably important. We don't want to get in the way of that. So <laughs> uh, for Matt Rooney, I'm Joe Musso. As always, thank you for listening to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 111, as always, hit us up on Twitter. Send us those mailbag questions. Hit us up if you haven't already on iTunes. Subscribe. It helps out huge. And uh, let's get this thing rolling in the right direction. For Matt, I'm Joe. We'll talk to you next week. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.